Welcome to the Book Squad Podcast. 94% bookish banter, 6% shenanigans. From Lawrence Public Librarians, Kate Gramlich and Polly Kim. Yep. Right? It's, it's still? like Okay. Still right. already and still. When this comes out, it'll be like still August. super August. Oh, my gosh. It'll be August. Nearly September. Almost September. Mm. I'm not ready. <laughs> I mean, I am really ready, though, for the children to go back to school and leave our library. <laughs> Bless their hearts. I love them. Mm-hmm. I love them elsewhere. <laughs> I love the thought of them mm-hmm. learning in school far away. I will say I'm super excited about. I'm oh, sorry, that was my coffee cup. I'm super excited about how much kids use our library, though. Oh yeah, me too. I know, it and does, it's like it's a very it's a lively place in the summer. Yeah, it's and, very stimulating. Yeah, for everyone. Yes, <laughs> and in the, I mean, and in the regular year, like the babies are still here, so it's not mm-hmm. like there's like no kids. Nope, but just fewer teenagers. <laughs> Which um, mm. I think I won over some teenagers the other day. This might uh, be why you work in adult uh-huh. services. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Okay. So, uh, bookish. What do we do? You have some bookish news? Yeah. We got I, a little bit. I got some bookish news. I do. Um, Children of Blood and Bone by to- Toyemi. Uh, no. Why am I all I of know, a sudden? I know. always. Why am I all of a sudden don't know her name? Adeyemi is the last Adeyemi name. is the last name. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tommy, Tommy. Adi, Okay, that was embarrassing. No, like my brain just to all of us blanked to both of us. Um, <laughs> Anywho's that book is incredible. I think I may have talked about it yeah. on here. Um, the seat we are waiting for the sequel. It should be out. If, or is it out now? No, oh. I don't know. It's coming or it's out. Ah, and the first one's um, in a um, book club bag. Yeah, and um, so it's super super good, and it I think it will be wonderful that. Lucas Films has snapped it like up. Like the Star Wars? <clears throat> yeah, like the Star Wars people. And they're making it into a film or do they, probably a series of films. Dang. I know. And do they? They don't do a ton of stuff. I was going to say, what else uh-uh. have they done? Indiana Jones. Okay, Indiana Jones um, and Star Wars. Star Wars. There might be something else. But like but it's, this it's not like Disney where mm-hmm. they just mm-hmm. what right and left No, everything. no, no. So this wow. is really big news. I'm really excited for awesome. the author. I yeah. Hope, I hope they I gave her a billion D dollars. I bet they gave her a book a billion D dollars. I hope they did because yeah. she deserves it. Yeah. So anyways, that was that's my bookish news. I'm sure there's other bookish things happening in the universe, but... I know, and I'm going to say something and, and know that I did not even research this. Mm-hmm. I wonder where we are with George R. R. Martin doing um, Nydia Korfor's Who Fears Death. Have you heard anything? I, I haven't, haven't heard anything. Okay. All right. If you've heard anything... Dear listener. Hit us up. Uh, Yeah. Let us know. Just send me a tweet. Just at me. Beep, beep. (laughs) Tweet. Tweet. I don't know what beep, beep was. What kind of bird was that? That's a robot bird. (laughs) Beep, beep. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Okay. It is. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, bringing it down now. Yes, very Um, down. This is going to be my, this is some, I mean, by now it won't be news, uh, or by the time you listen to it, but then it'll lead into my two-book minimum. Mm-hmm. But Toni Morrison, um, beloved queen of the universe, has passed away. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brad Allen, the director, he on Facebook posted something like, why did I think she was immune I don't from know. death? Yeah, but, like, why yeah. did I think she was immortal? And it was like, yeah, there are just some people where you're like, no, that's, they're going to remember. That's just no. not. Yeah. And she, you know, I know she had a. Full, oh, wonderful gosh. life. And gave and she was, so much. Yeah. Yeah. But I still wasn't ready. No. For that. No. And she was 88, which. I think so, yeah. I think. So which is really not but yeah, it was, even. I, today, I was, it I feels was thinking like, like not enough time. No. I was thinking like maybe she'd be like 106. That sounds good. That's uh-huh. Fine. But no. I wish it was. I know. Um, but I wonder if there's going to be some things coming out, like writings or essays maybe that she hadn't released know. we'll I see wonder. yeah um lit hub has a good interview with her that was posted um about uh 
writing and her life and and all sorts yeah. of stuff. So I'll link that in because yeah, yeah, no, she's incredible. So she was I I thought about it and I thought you know this is the first black woman author that I had ever read with intention. Mm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm ashamed to say it wasn't until college. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that makes sense. I mean, I guess shame on Product my high school yeah, for not exactly. yeah. um, doing a better job with that. Um, but I, yeah, I, and it was incredible and it just like, be- it was beloved and mm-hmm. it just ruined me and yeah. it was horrible and wonderful. And so um, it just like opened my eyes to this whole other sort of, I, you know, I called it open hearted reading where mm. I'm just, I, I want you know, I wanted to have the experience that other people were having and see mm-hmm. it through their eyes and, and like make myself a better person. Yeah. And open yourself up to Because it. I'm a more open person. So mm-hmm. so she gave me that gift and I think it was really wonderful. Well, the book, my first book for two book minimum is one, is hers that just came out this year, The Source of Self-Regard. And I would really like to, we, okay, and by the time you hear this, maybe it's going to be different, but we have two copies at the library and only one hold. So, like, at this moment... How is that possible? I don't know. Because okay. I think probably there's been, like, a lot of holds on her fiction. Yeah. And like, I've been, I pulled a lot the, the very day. I yeah, pulled, yeah. Yeah. Um, but The Source of Self-Regard, it's, um, it's a series of essays uh, and different commentary pieces that she's done, and it... I think it opens the three, I believe the three first essays. There's one, um, it opens with a prayer for the f- folks who died at, um, in 9-11. Um, and then a uh, meditation on um, Martin Luther King Jr. And then, a, according to this review, a devastating, as you might imagine, eulogy um, for Baldwin. So that kind of one, two, three punch right out the door. And mm-hmm. then she does um, what I'm also really interested in is she has some commentary on a lot of her own writings. Oh. So, because I'm fascinated by how our authors reflect after they've written something, um, you know, years down the line. And mm-hmm. then do you reread it? And if you do, like, do you feel, even if it's like brilliant and you're a brilliant author, do you still feel a little bit like cringy? Right. Because it was still, you know, like... Uh-huh. Whatever you wrote 40 years ago is going to be a little bit cringy, even right. if it's, like, perfect yeah. to everyone else. Yeah. So I'm interested in kind of seeing what she says about about her own work. Um, and then the other one um, is Women Rowing North by Mary Pfeiffer. And uh, I haven't read any of her other stuff. Um, I know. Reviving, rowing, uh, reviving doing... Ophelia? You didn't ever read that? Oh, my gosh. That's her? Yeah. <gasps> oh, I read that in... I skimmed it in high school. <laughs> that's amazing. I yeah. didn't really make no, that connection. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, so, and that was adolescence, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. this is um, talking about women who are um, 50 and above. Ooh, uh, that's almost me. Yay. Yes. Okay, I should read that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just talking to someone at the welcome desk um, just this very morning after getting my coffee. And she had done the summer reading. Um for the library, and she said that that one was probably probably her favorite. Um, and she was like, "I'm in this age category, and you know, my friends and I are like, what are we? What do we do next? Like, this is mm-hmm. you've got another half of your life to live. Um, and yes, hopefully, you're lucky. Well, Fingers yes. crossed. But either, I mean, like, just generally, yeah. especially for women, mm-hmm. um, the age is increasing. So, um, but so. It's talking about how women, um, obviously, are um, women as they age face not only just sexism and misogyny, but also like ageism and um, and still racism and ableism mm-hmm. and all these different things. Mm-hmm. But the ageism that kind of invisibilizes them mm-hmm. um, and makes their plight not makes their concerns and voices even less heard than mm-hmm. than before. Um, but, and, and it's like, yes, that's happening, but she's focusing on, um, it says ways that women cultivate resilient responses to the challenges they face. Uh, and someone named, someone called it a GPS for, um, for navigating your later years. And then I'm just going to 
leave right now and go buy this. Yeah, pack. exactly. <laughs> well, and we had so many holds on it that I know that there's at least one Lucky Day copy. Ooh, so ooh, ooh. this one was really popular mm-hmm. here, which was great. And then Julia Alvarez said it's a one-of-a-kind book and one that she's been waiting for. So Very nice. Yeah. And I thought, oh, Julia Alvarez liked it. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a big deal. I love when I don't know what your two-book minimum is and that – and that you sell me a book. Yay, good. I love when that happens. Good, good, good. Okay. Well, I'll fight you for the Tony Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we know there's only oh, one hold on it. Right I was going to say, though, also that Women Rowing North, I asked the lady, I was like, are you in any book clubs? And she said she wasn't, but that she thinks it would be a really good book club book. Ooh, it totally yeah. would. Yeah, mm. so ding, ding. Okay. That's, We're a, that's a reminder to us to get that in a bag. We're getting it. Because okay. at any age. And she was like, you know, it's how you might relate to your um, family member, your female family members mm-hmm. um, or just friends or whomever uh, or and how you will eventually, you know, because if you make it to 50, then you are going to be 50 and older, you know. <laughs> so. Ooh. Right. Astute. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, so if this doesn't apply to you now. Uh, the analysis. You'll, 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 <laughs> that's science. That's science. People uh, who hit 50 are officially 50. And then, and then more than 50. <clears throat> <And> then <laughs> if you're lucky, you will be in this reading demographic at some point. Right on. Mm-hmm. Mm. What are yours? Mm. Okay. So um, I this was so hard for me this time. So right now I'm going to give you one because we're talking about romance mm-hmm. today. We mm-hmm. didn't say that up front. Well, it's like a, it's like a sneak. Surprise, everybody. Hey, surprise romance. We're talking about romance. Let's read a romance month. Romance. Romance. <laughs> That's row, what we're talking row, about. Row romance <laughs> gently. <laughs> or not. <laughs> okay, anywho. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, me, let me talk about this serious book. That's why book, I didn't bring it up. <laughs> and then I'll talk about a couple of romance. Okay. So the first book, I'm actually reading this for Social Justice Book Club right now. And I wasn't sure how it was going to go down because it the book is called mm, for white folks mm-hmm. who teach in the hood and the rest of y'all too mm-hmm. reality pedagogy and urban education mm-hmm. by christopher edmund e d e m oh wait it's emden oh my, i do that my bad. no that's all right my eyeballs didn't work. Right. <laughs> christopher emden um and so i i will admit i'm only a quarter of the way through it now mm-hmm. i will probably be finishing it tonight actually mm-hmm. Um, but it, uh, it's great actually, you know, I was a little worried that it would be like a, maybe a little bit too, um, academic, uh, you know, yeah, academic yeah. and jargony and whatever. Mm. And there's a bit of jargon, but he really, he's actually sort of coining this phrase. Um, he believes that urban kids are, um, he really sort of thinks there's an, an analogous sort of, um, way that they're educated as indigenous people were um, when they were, you know, brought like to boarding schools. Yeah. Sort of mm-hmm. So, um, mm. and and um, it like occurred to him when he was reading, I think, I can't remember. It occurred to him when he was reading an indigenous writer talking mm-hmm. about um, early education practices and probably even current education practices for indigenous children. So, um you know, he could really see the parallels and he's an educator himself. And he's like where I'm at is he's talking about when he first started mm-hmm. um, and he's like an African-American man. He looks like these kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you would, you know, there's an assumption that there's going to naturally be this affinity. And he, you know, comes in and he really has this sort of white mindset mm-hmm. I, and maybe been... um, about, you know, that the appropriate education is this particular mm-hmm. sort of white middle class mm-hmm. education that works in this particular way and works for these particular students. And so um, he does, he talks about uh, like the um, neo-indigenous students. So Mm. that's like, he feels like the urban students are sort of, um, he calls them neo-indigenous and that, um, and and I'm just about to get to the part where he starts talking about reality pedagogy, like what that means Mm -hmm. and and how that works. And he's, you know, he doesn't, I think he does a good job because he, he kind of comes in and he says, you know, 
like there's some classroom activities happening and the kids were completely disengaged and Mm -hmm. stuff. And so, you know, he realizes he's a teacher too. And he realizes that it's not, um, you can't just have a classroom like that either. So so he realizes on both sides that there's, you you know, like teachers aren't connecting, right. Teachers aren't connecting with kids Mm -hmm. and kids don't, you know, kids like even when you're doing a different kind of education, like mm-hmm. if you connect with them, you might be able to get to this place where yes. classroom management isn't like the most important thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, because right now, like classroom management and testing seem to be like the two pillars of, you know, discipline mm-hmm. and whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's so far, it's cool. been really good. And I think, you know, obviously most of you listening may or may not be educators, but um, I know my friend Therese often listens, and she's the best educator I know. Oh, yay. So, Therese, if you haven't read this, I think you would love it. But um, it's I think it's just interesting for anybody who's, like, been through a, the school system or mm-hmm. has kids in the school system mm-hmm. and, like and maybe wants to understand, especially if your kids are white, mm-hmm. like, it might be behoove you to yeah, understand sure. what's happening for these other kids uh-huh. in the school. And maybe you might think of a way that you could help make school work for everybody yeah. and not just for your kid. Yeah. Cool. Just a thought. That sounds great. A thing that you could do. And we've got it in um, two, we've got it on two of the Kindle sets for book club bags. So mm-hmm. and yeah. if, your group wants to, if you've got a teacher's group or something or a parent's group that wants to read it. Yeah. I think it'd be really good. Mm-hmm. Change libraries, your brain. Libraries, like, yeah. I feel like maybe, would it be, is it like... Change your brain. Helpful for librarians and stuff? Too? I think it would be. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, I was thinking of our, like I was thinking of like youth librarians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That might, this might be a really good thing to read. Cool. So. Good. Ernie Hoos, um, <laughs> going the other way. <laughs> Ernie Hoos. Ernie Hoos. Where did that come from? I don't even know. So um, I'm going to talk about a couple of romances really fast. So Bringing Down the Duke by Evie Dunmore. Um, It comes out September 3rd, so it's a little bit of a cheat, but it is literally, it's perfect. (laughs) It's historical romance. Mm -hmm. Um, She's a very educated, and I'm totally blanking on her name right now, She's, but the heroine is a very educated vicar's daughter um, who is, you know, much more educated than her station in life Mm. would indicate. She's working as a drudge, essentially, for her cousin because she's alone in the world. Is that like a it's like she's doing drudgery work. She's a she's essentially their servant in their home. Um, And she Oxford is just admitting women and she's like wants to go and Mm -hmm. has to figure out how to like convince him that it's his idea to that she goes. So she gets there. She goes on kind of like a scholarship. But as part of her scholarship, she has to work um, for the women's suffrage group, mm. like they gave her the money to go and then she uh-huh, has to uh-huh. help them, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, pass out pamphlets okay. and like, you know, sort of approach people. And so her job becomes in, like infiltrating um, mm-hmm. this duke who has to, the like, queen has asked him to kill this bill and to oh, get rid of, um, and in order for, really, yeah, if he kills the women's suffrage bill, then she will help him get his ducal lands back that his dad, like, gambled oh, away Lord. or whatever. Uh-huh. And so he's um, very, he he's doesn't necessarily disagree with this but bill, he wants, but he wants this ducal land back because it's ducal. Ducal. <laughs> I hope that's how you say it. Um, and so you can see that they're both working for cross purposes. Uh-huh. But, uh, and then when they meet, uh, it goes as you might expect. But it, she does just like, a per- it's a great writing and she does such a perfect job of like capturing the time period and then like, and talking about really smart things that are happening then mm-hmm. that, you know, that don't always get brought up in historicals, Mm. um, even good historicals. Like she goes just a little bit deeper, I think. And she just does this incredible job of like marching you through like it's enemies to lovers Mm -hmm. um, trope. And so you just suddenly you're like, oh, she did that so smoothly. (laughs) Like it was just this very smooth sort of of transition um, that I love when that happens. And it's there's not like a... A weird, like, 
thing that makes them come together yeah. necessarily. Yeah. This was just nice. It was just it was just perfect. So that comes out September third, um, and I think that you should read it. And then also, I read just really fast. I read one of my first um, male male mm-hmm. romances, contemporary, written by Damon Swade. Mm-hmm. And I met Damon Swade at the romance genre con that happened last weekend in Kansas City. And he's going to be the president of RWA hmm. next year, Romance Writers of America. Yeah. Um, he's one of, you know, there's not a lot of gay men writing gay mm-hmm. male romance. It's yeah. a lot, it's all, like 90% women. like straight women, weirdly. Um, and so, yeah. So it was, um, it was very educational. <laughs> it was. Um, the book was the book or is, talking to the him? Book, the, well, talking to him was very educated. He's, he is such a, like a proponent for the importance of romance and just the importance of fiction mm-hmm. in people's lives and why it's so important. And it's like, he, he literally said something that I had just said in the romance webinar that I did, which was like, you know, people put put it down, put fiction down and romance down, especially as being escapist. And like, that what is wrong with that? Like, yeah. it's, you're not I'm necessarily mm-hmm. escaping from yeah. like your terrible life. You're escaping to something a different perspective, bigger, a different perspective uh-huh. something bigger, better, more, more beautiful. Right. And like, um, you know, he talked about uh, like scientists in the, or like, sci-fi writers in the 40s were writing about lasers and uh-huh. like how you know like light could cut things and then scientists you know in the 50s yeah. were like hey man Wait. is that actually a, yeah why don't we try that yeah and so you know like you have to write things into existence mm-hmm. to make like them that. happen like words like matter and mm-hmm. words bring things into existence and so he's like why don't we write romance that is like multicultural, mm-hmm. diverse, like mm-hmm. encompasses all these experiences? Be the world you want to see. Yeah. And gives like gives everyone a happy ever after to stand mm-hmm. in. That's and so nice. he was incredible. And cool. so I read Hothead, um, which is very spicy. So just FYI. <laughs> Super spicy um, about these about best friends who are firefighters and mm. um, mm-hmm. right after nine eleven happened because um, they were they were first responders. Um, the one best friend realized that he was very in love with his friend um, and in a very macho kind of mm-hmm. world. Um, and then some shenanigans happened that caused them to be able to get together in a way that you can. <laughs> it's really funny. Like, actually, it's kind of funny. So his friend is broke and he's like, hey, um, you know, there's this website that is like sort of a fetish website <laughs> for firefighters. Uh-huh. And if I go and, you know, display myself, yeah, um, like I could make some money and, uh-huh. I, and he really needed money. And so um, he's like, if we go together, we can make a lot more money. This is the one who's in love is proposing no, this? No, the other the one. Object the, of the, the object oh of affection is and proposing he's like, yeah. And so the other guy's like, I can't, I don't, if I do that, then you'll, he'll find out that mm. I, lo- I don't know that I can hide how I feel Your about him if we're... Did they around. call it a fire hose at any point? Uh, they don't. Uh, but I learned a whole lot of names whoop. for a whole lot of things. <laughs> and right. I thought I knew a lot of okay, things. Okay, cool. I um, this one yeah. This one's so selling me. Part of it is part of it is kind of ridiculous, but then the actually the love story between them, like when it real like the mm-hmm. longing and the feelings. Are, mm-hmm. He does a great well, job like, writing it. He does a really good job writing it. Love stories are ridiculous sometimes. Yeah, you and know? he knows. And, like, yeah. he's writing in the language. He's writing in the language of, like, New York firefighters. Like, yeah. Cool. A, the, and the object is Italian. His name's Dante. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're right. He's writing in the language of them, and it's it's hilarious at cool. times and just and very sweet. Is that one out? It is out. Okay. This one's been out. This was his first romance, actually. Okay. He writes a ton of romance. Cool. Of all right. all kinds of genres. Well, I'm interested in that. Okay. Shall we move into the same conversation yeah. that we're having? Since I've just, <laughs> just been talking all about romance, let's talk some more about it. Yeah. All right. All right. What do you want? What do you want to know? <laughs> well, like, well, well, well let's, let's talk. Uh, well, the reason we're talking about yeah. romance is, as you mentioned... It's read a romance uh-huh. month. Um, 
And you did a webinar recently. I've been and all a up in romance. Pr- uh, not what's yeah. that? What presentation. And yes. So I did right for I, the rom com. Yes, I helped some. I helped librarians get a little more familiar with the different genres of romance. Mm-hmm. We did a speed dating with romance genres, mm-hmm. and so we did like paranormal, contemporary. Well, yeah, let's suspense. So let's do. So I watched the um, webinar mm-hmm. as I mean, like I'm a reader. I did reader advisory, but like I'm a romance. It would be like romance for dummies is what I was looking mm-hmm. for, more mm-hmm. or less. You know, yeah. so. What are if we talk about like the two qualifications are, are one that uh the love story is um, a central love a central story. love story and then two that there's a either a happily ever after or a happy for now happy happily for, for now, now. Mm-hmm. and the happily for now is um especially important in like YA romance because right yeah, you don't want two fifteen year olds to be like getting married necessarily yeah you know, maybe they're you but no you know. but yeah. yeah it's nice to have right. it like it, it it ends romantically right yeah. there's that there's a happy for now so yeah. so that's some you know like a lot there's some YA that um a couple of them that do it really well I know we talked about it before like this um the sun is also a star. Mm-hmm. Nicola Yoon. Mm-hmm. She gets around it by doing a little thing at the end, and so it's a true, okay. it's a true romance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yeah, so yes, a central love story mm-hmm. and a happily ever after, or, mm-hmm. ha- or happily for now. Mm-hmm. Those two things are non-negotiable. They have to be present. So, so that's yeah. why, like, a books by Nicholas Spark, like The Notebook, not a romance. Sorry, Made me cry. Um, yeah. Okay, but. Because they are happily for now because they die together in each other's arms. I I think that's a happily forever. Di- dying together. Okay. Dying let's, together. let's put that one on a line okay. in between. Yeah. Well, let's put that one like, on a line yeah. in between. Because yeah, they had fine. they did they did have a happily ever after life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they died. Oh, I have to remember. No, she dies. I don't we'll remember anything else. Right but, on the line yeah. in between. But, yeah. but I just really teared up a little bit thinking about them dying together in the bed. Yeah. But really what you're looking for is when the story ends. Uh-huh. The the central characters are ensconced in their new happily ever after yes. life. Yes. And so um, afterlife. you want to leave. <laughs> this will Not be afterlife. So, yeah. So or there, maybe if it's paranormal, mm-hmm. it is the afterlife. Yes. So, like, there are books, you know, like Eleanor and Park is is just, it's a YA. It's mm-hmm. one of the most, like, romantic, mm-hmm. beautiful books in so many ways. Not not a romance mm-hmm. because there's not a happily ever after at the end. So um, so books can be romantic, yes. yep. but they're not a right. romance. Exactly. Okay. So okay. Um, and then some of the you've mentioned some of the uh, like subgenres, yep. paranormal, mm-hmm. um, paranormal, historical, historical, inspirational, um, erotic, um, erotic romance, mm-hmm. which is different from erotica. Not erotica. Erotica may have a Happy ending, but not happily ever <laughs> oh, after. Lord. Yes, there right. there has to be a happily ever after in erotic mm-hmm. romance. The what makes it um, an erotic romance is that um, the intimacy, the sexual, explicit. yeah, the, it's it often explicit, and the sex, the sexual relationship between the characters moves the story forward. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't take. And you right. couldn't take any of the scenes out right. and move them or move them around right. without ruining the story, um, messing up storyline. Yeah. So um, those are for folks who like it a little spicier. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then, uh, what else? Do, what was some other? I'm trying to think of that. I, I'm just kidding. Contemporary, yeah. historical. And then under historical, there's tons of different mm-hmm. kinds like mm-hmm. Regency, Victorian, mm-hmm. uh, medieval, you know. I can't remember. There's yeah. a bunch. Western. Any, yeah, time um, period. Yeah. And then um, trope-wise, some of the ones, let's see. I was trying to think of the ones that I yeah, didn't. What I knew, stood like, out to you? I knew uh, Enemies to Lovers, and I knew, um, ba, 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 I'm trying to imagine that slide of the weapon. <laughs> With all of the things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, Enemies oh, yeah. to Lovers. And then there's... Um, God, why is that the only one I'm thinking of? Because that's what mm-hmm. I would like. I started reading Fumbled, um, oh, mm-hmm. whose author I can't remember now. Yeah. So there's. And that one was, well, it was complicated enemies to lovers. But yeah. So, like, a lot of times that's your hook. I mm-hmm. find. I, I found out I do like Enemies to Lovers. I also like I think Forced I, Proximity. Oh, okay. 
Um, I like, like marriage of convenience. Island. Yeah. Oh. So forced, pro- forced proximity could be like you're stuck in a cabin because of snowstorm. You're stuck on an island. Uh-huh. You're... Um, that and, sounds okay. And, yeah. There can be like you're broke down in, in the desert or mm-hmm. whatever. You get lost on a camping trip. So anyway, there are... Um, there's all kinds of ways for that to happen. And, and you know, tropes are, can, like, there can be multiple tropes well, in one book. What but. is, like, because I don't know that I like, oh, okay. So here's here's my issue with my personal reading style and romance mm-hmm. is just that I don't want to know who the main love is on the back of the book, you know. And so oh. that's kind of the that's kind of the tricky part. Like, I want... I would like I like when people fall in love um, and have a happily ever after, um, but I would kind of mm-hmm. like it to be a a journey a journey. <laughs> a journey. And well, then that is the tricky part. Lands upon right, yeah. But Most, so mostly, I just just can't read the back of the book. Yeah, because I like that's. A, I mean, that's pretty much how mm-hmm. the industry it's like this sells and romance this, like together. she, mm-hmm. he, or, or she, 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 or he, he, he. he. Yeah. and then like. They, they, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, is kind of how they do it on the back of the book. So yeah, you just don't read the back of the you'll just get a surprise. But What's the trope for like um oh ah ah kiss quotient? Um that would be um well he's an escort. Okay. So um sometimes there's you know like So it's like a fake romance fake, into a real yeah, romance. Fake oh romance. yeah, like, like yeah, so like, like the wedding like date. fake romance, uh-huh. fake engagement, mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. that which is like a version of like the um marriage, know, of, marriage convenience. of convenience uh-huh. sort uh-huh. of. Um, there can be like vacation sort yeah. of ones. Um, let's see, let me think. Oh, like um siblings, best friend, like okay. the bet like you're like the older not like a Lannister situation. No. So like it's usually like usually brothers, brothers yeah, usually brother's best friend that yeah. you have a crush on and yeah. he's out of your league and then and he realizes that out. you've grown up, yeah. kind of thing. Um, there's those. There's um, like, you know, if you're a lot of times in historicals, there's like the thing that you can't be together because there's mm-hmm. a ton of there's oh, so many dukes, mm-hmm. like <laughs> dukey, you know. Compared to that. <laughs> but like um, a lot of times, it's like they can't be together because they're stations. Uh-huh. I mean, like that's in historical so like forbidden love, right? Sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in historicals, that's a lot of times something that keeps people apart because mm-hmm. that was a real thing yes. during you know Regency, right. Victorian things where right. you just were not of the same station. Mm-hmm. Although there are some contemporaries that. Have that too. Well, yeah, like if I it's mean, a celebrity or if it's yes, a, I think uh-huh. that's actually we don't think about that, but that's the way it sort of gets. It's that's the way it gets played out in contemporaries with all of these like now billionaire, mm-hmm. like you know, the, there's the billionaire ones. There's um, famous athletes, all yep, sorts of stuff. Yeah, athletes. There was another one I was just gonna think. Uh, I was just gonna pop. a very wealthy librarian who's mm-hmm. just made millions upon millions from <laughs> be, because librarianship is such a lucrative profession yeah mm-hmm. that's so much ah, that's the that's that, fantasy i actually read i actually read one that's it's called bad bachelor by stephanie london and she's a librarian and he's a pr like a you know millionaire pr mm-hmm. guy and his he's got a bad rep because he got put on he got put on a dating app as like a bad like a oh, real sleaze. bad boy yeah uh-huh. like he's just a love him and leave him kind of guy mm-hmm. and so he has to He's told like he has to kind of redeem his um, reputation, so he takes on. He goes to a library and offers them um, to help them with their their, their big fundraiser. Okay, to sort of like clean up like his reputation. Yeah, uh-huh. and it's pro bono, and it's to make him kind of and look then it's good. Pro bono. <laughs> come on, come on! That one wrote itself. <laughs> that really did. <laughs> I was like, I was like. I was really wondering how this conversation was going to go with you, honestly. Oh, my God. If this was, if we were going to be well, able to gone. make this PG-13 or not. I don't know. What's that? <laughs> Ernie Who's, again, so, yes. let me say that again. Right. So, yes. Um, I hear you. So, yeah. So, there's just, it, there's a ton of tropes, but those are pretty familiar ones mm-hmm. that people um, tend to like there's you know the small town like um, 
you know, there's different, like a small town turn. Yeah. Somebody has to go back to their small town that they came yeah. from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's. Or is there like small town where then here's a cowboy rolling into town? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the up. small town ones. Like Chocolat? No. Feature she, that's, cowboys. She came back. Did she come back? I don't think. He comes back at the end to the little town that he, like, she ends up staying there. She blows into town. She Uh shakes everything up Uh by being herself. And then, um, and then they show up Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. then he leaves while she's still there. Uh, Well, so I was going to jump in here real quick with, uh, I was looking at this article because we talked about, um, You'd said, let's just, let me start 12 sentences. Okay, let me start over. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you had said that listening to audiobooks is not typically your jam. Romance audiobooks, yeah. Yes, right, yeah. Well, I guess um, I'm, yeah. yeah. So I, I yeah. think I, um, because I, like, so my personal preference for romance is uh, the steam, I like the steam level mm-hmm. to be pretty high. Yep. Like a um, yeah, mm-hmm. and I like. I like a slow burn. Mm -hmm. Like I like them to really be like building, 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 Mm -hmm, building, mm -hmm. building. So um, I I just thought, I don't know if I want to listen in my ear holes to somebody reading me sexy times. Right. Um, And also depends on your reading speed and stuff. And like if you want to like flip back a couple pages uh or whatever. Yeah. Right. So I, um, yeah, I didn't, I just wasn't sure that I wanted to he- hear somebody telling me the sexy times. I like to, I think I like to read them mm-hmm. and like make Imagine. my make my own pictures. Yeah. Well, that's what, so, and I've heard that a lot, but then I also know people who like that's the mm-hmm. only, um, mm-hmm. what's that called? Exclusively. Right. Listen. Listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like listen on the subway, mm. which sounds like mm. that would be very be. risky. <laughs> that is very risky. Yes. Uh, so. Ma'am, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a fever? You're very you're red. So, you're sweating. You're sweating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, okay. So but the Washington Post had an um, article called What Does Passion Sound Like? How Five Audiobook Actors Talk Sexy. So um, there's some like. There's some quotes throughout this article, and I'll link to it. And it's like just lines from some romances, but they're not that either erotic or that good. And so well, I was like, Where they're probably like from? in the New York Times. They're like, I don't know if I can do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was just interested in this idea. Um, and this uh, Andy Arendt, uh, she won the 2017 Audi Award for romance. She says that um, like. While the subject is romantic, she says she sits alone in a little box and mm. reads all day. So it's really just not right. It's not a romantic like. And then right. if you just think about that, just kind of be, well, mm-hmm. either being alone or having like a product production assistant or whatever, right. like a producer <laughs> in the next room <laughs> when someone, you're reading. Yes, the- and someone said someone was like, "Do not look over at the yeah." I forgot where. Yeah, she's like, "Don't." Don't look over. Don't make eye contact. Yeah, do not look through the glass of the engineer, says Amanda Ronconi. Uh, once you get the giggles, you're done. You've got to stop, clear your mind, and take a walk. Um, she says that uh, a lot of these people are saying that they want the goal is to stay in the character's head, like in any acting. Um, it's She said that it helps find the balance so it's not pornographic. Unless you're into that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um the last thing she wants in these moments is for the engineer to stop and ask her, can you say that again? <laughs> so, like, just stay in, yeah. in the person's head. Um, and uh, it was also – so, I don't know, I'm just pulling some quotes out of here. Um, Arndt, Arndt uh, Andy Arndt said, uh, I don't want to tire out the readers or the listeners. It's not about me grabbing them by the lapels. I can't sustain that for an eight-hour book. It's about the <laughs> author's words. Um, and finding, like, the ethos of the story and saying, um, are there any, like, double entendres? They're going to mm-hmm. hit just right. Are they going to be able to embody the writer and the characters? Right. So really, like, because with a movie, you have all these other visual cues. Right. Where, and, like. And multiple, yeah, you know, like, yeah. there's multiple. But you're playing off of each other. Exactly. And yeah. And in, in a, this, you have to you're be doing all your characters. Own, yeah. yeah. And it's almost always, you know, um, 
there's a lot of hetero romance. Uh And so the reader has to be able to sound like a man and sound like a woman. Mm -hmm. And whether they're, you know, whichever they are, it can't sound cheesy. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, hey, yeah, baby, yeah. Hey, no. yeah. So mm, that's interesting. Well, and this one, um, one, one woman whose name is, dang it, Karen White. So she's recorded more, more than 350 audiobooks. Oh. Yeah. Maybe uh, I should try her. She said the best compliment she's ever received from a reviewer uh, was said, um, she reads sex scenes in a way that doesn't make the listener feel like they're a voyeur or in that creepy way that makes you feel like you're listening to someone's sex act. Um, she's focusing on the emotions. And a thing that I found was fascinating um, was she does a lot of series. And, like, hmm. if you – an author may, you know, like, write one book in a series every mm-hmm. year or two. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, a long time between recording. But people may, like, binge listen to them in a, you know, right. in a week or a month or whatever. And so she said that um, – her character, like, they have to sound consistent from book to book. And um, White, it says, like like other narrators, White records and stores voice samples of every character she reads so she can go back and remind herself exactly how that doctor or sister or lieutenant sounds. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. No, I didn't that's really even cool. think about that. That's yeah. just cool for, yeah, because I can tell you from experience of listening to the George R. R. Martin books mm-hmm. when the fourth book was recorded by another person. Yes. Not the same person. It was jarring. And right. He, and he ended up having... The original person went back and recorded was that like, one because no, everybody was like, no. And even if you're the same reader mm-hmm. or the same um, narrator, you know, yeah, reader out louder, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you still have to like, like for the minor characters, right. if one pops up in Go the next back book and, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do Remember you... how you talked to it, how uh-huh. you made their voice. So I, I'm listening. I'm just really quick. I will tell you. So I've, I've been, I'm listening to a couple different ones. Like I'm trying uh um, one of my favorite Sarah McLean books, and then I'm trying. So, and that she's a British narrator, and she's actually really good. She one does that a you've good already job. read, or yes, okay, it's one cool. that I've already read. But then, um, when I was at the um, at the rom con, I met Tessa Lane, who's an mm-hmm. author who writes a lot of like um, dude heroes, like you know, ranchers or whatever these guys. And so she said she just like they just recorded, and Troy Duran is the name of the person. <clears throat> and I'm kind I haven't gotten to like a whole bunch of the like two times, but I don't know if I'm loving it exactly, but his, she said his voice was really good. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. So the dude it's, is narrating the whole. It's a Sam, he's very Sam Elliott-esque mm. in his voice. There's mm. just a vibration that mm. hits you when you're listening <laughs> to <helpful>. it. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> so... <laughs> But honestly, it's a good voice. Mm-hmm. Um, two thumbs up for his voice good. anyway. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to keep listening. It's interesting to hear a man sort of narrate yeah. a romance. So, mm-hmm. Well, good. Because um, it feels like you're getting it from his point of view a little mm-hmm. more, even if it's from both points of view. Yeah. So um, just what, I mean, like I, what I want people to take away from our chat mm-hmm. is that, um you know, I'm I'm not trying to convince anybody that they have to read romance if they're just like, look, I don't mm-hmm. want to read a romance or whatever. Same with any genre. Or any yeah. Topic, um, yeah. You know, you you like what you like. But I, th- I think some people might... have right have never even tried yeah. it because they have some antiquated ideas yeah. about 30 years ago romance, yeah. where there was a lot of non non consent. Yes. Yeah. There was you know there was no feminism mm-hmm. the characters you know were not super well developed mm-hmm. that's not today like right. today um definitely um there's it's a, just focus a focus on, on the that character not, yeah mm-hmm. yeah women's pleasure women's agency mm-hmm. and i know i realize i'm saying women centric and there are um you know male male romances but damon swade actually kind of said that is he said you know actually the thing is in gay romance um you it's kind of a thing you didn't always have to worry about because like mm-hmm. both of the Does characters were sort of in an even, yeah. yeah, they were kind of usually it sort of had equal power uh-huh. um, in some way generally. And mm-hmm. so it's that's kind of a function of like hetero romance in some yeah. way is that it's a lot of times that power imbalance mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. how to negotiate that. And, you know, so many books now are being so careful to like make sure that consent mm-hmm. is on the page and mm-hmm. very clear and you know and that 
writers, smart writers know that asking is sexy. Like they know how to make asking sexy. And so, um, and you know, these, they're the characters are competent and Mm -hmm. smart. And which is wonderful for like the ones that are more YA focused, the Mm -hmm. happily for now, happy for now. Um, just because you do learn a lot about human relationships through reading, especially if you're like right. an indoor kid like me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you kind of look back and are like, well, that mm-hmm. actually was not a really good thing for me to read as right. a high schooler. You know, and I think some people, I mean, people put down romance as being like emotional, which I, that really bothers me because, you know, horror mm-hmm. and and suspense, well, and suspense yeah. are both emotion driven mm-hmm. and, but they're mostly read by men. So nobody mm-hmm. ever says that. Right. Um, but yes, I think, you know, there's also sort of that stereotype of like, and, you know, a older woman who is dissatisfied mm-hmm. with their life and, you know, reads romance to escape from that. Well, and, and what's wrong with that? First I of know. all, first, yeah, like, I mean, like, heaven any, forbid yeah. that unhappy woman right. finds something that makes her happy. Exactly. Also, yes, there's a exactly wide readership. That. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, you know, like learning what makes you happy, mm-hmm. seeing people have healthy, happy yeah relationships yeah is a positive thing mm-hmm. like it can it can teach you like if you're not in a relationship already like what you're looking for mm-hmm. in a relationship like mm-hmm. you don't want to settle for less if you are in a relationship it can like help you sort of figure out put you language know, to this things is, yeah mm-hmm. put language to things and say like this is what i want to ask my partner for and this is like anything from a sweet romance mm-hmm. to you know, a spicy romance is just that interpersonal kind yeah. of like this is this is what I des this is what I deserve. deserve. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, in an interpersonal relationship, and now I see a model for how I can mm-hmm. can make that happen. Um, so I think you know that's that's a benefit of any fiction, but it's definitely the benefit of, yeah. of romance. And you know, I think, like I said, I'm not trying to convince anyone who doesn't want to read it, but I. I would love it if people would just stop looking down Hooping their nose them. at it. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, it's just like any other genre and it's like, this is my jam or this is not my jam, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, you know, there's so many like brilliant, mm-hmm. incredible women writing romance and reading romance and men, 18% mm-hmm. of romance readers are men, yes. give or take. Um but you just, uh, I don't, you know, I think that there's just this horrible misconception mm-hmm. about what romance is. And actually, I'll link to that. Like Hillary Clinton said something terrible mm-hmm. about, you know, that oh, it was yeah. that men were behaving badly because of romance novels. Like, like, have you read one lately? Right. And then Lisa Kleypas was like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, but, but she was like, Hillary, please, like, yes. you are a romance novel heroine like uh-huh. you are the oh, yeah, kind yeah, yeah, yeah. of you are Absolutely. the kind of person that yeah. are in our pages yeah and so please don't uh-huh. say that That's about romances yeah. because you're the kind of person we write about mm-hmm. and so um we can link both of those did articles she write did she say anything i don't know if she ever did i don't think she did <laughs> but you know um there are there's been a lot of editorials and mm-hmm. i'll link some we can link cool. some of those about the feminine the act of writing um romance as a feminist act and and reading romance and so um i you know i'm a fan mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that i don't read a whole bunch of other things too but um i just i'm a fan i love a happily ever after I'm i like hope now. Mm-hmm. i like hope well good Feeling hopeful. Yes. I'm feeling hopeful about a couple of events that are happening in Lawrence. <gasps> are you? <laughs> that segue. I know, right? Get it. Yeah. Okay, go. Okay, so um, neither of these are romantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, or well, it could be. I don't know. Maybe you'll meet your future love at one of these fantastic <laughs> events. Um, so in September, um, the 14th and the 15th, just if you plan to leave town, just cancel them. Tell your in-laws to come to Lawrence instead or whatever you're going to do. The 14th is a Saturday, and that is – it's called Battle of the Builders, and it's on – it's put on by Tenants to Homeowners. It's their uh, fundraiser, and um, they're an affordable housing um, nonprofit that's really dear to my heart because they helped me buy a house when it would not have been possible otherwise. 
Um, they're having a, uh, instead of doing kind of like a typical, like a dinner or a gift basket-y thing, they're having two, um, groups of, uh, construction workers doing framing of two smaller houses right next to each other. Mm -hmm. And those will eventually be for sale for, um, like a hundred thousand dollars or something, which is cheap in Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're going to be competing to frame the house in a day. And um, people are going to be able to, from a safe distance, watch this whole thing go on. There's going to be, like, where you can um, – kind of like in other game shows where you can, like, uh, do a flag to, like, pay, like, to stop that team from going oh, for a few minutes okay. or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, or they can kind of, like, fun competition. Um, but there's going to be – let's see. There's going to be a massage booth. There's going to be um, – Possibly some animals from the Lawrence Humane Society that are adoptable. Oh, There's going to be, be nice. a lot of family activities and art and food and music and beer. And cool. yeah, so that's going to be really fun. Um, and that's that all would, day. Yeah. Uh, and then the next day yeah. is September 15th, and that is Keep Retirement Weird Fest. That's here at the library, mm-hmm. and it is going to be. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's uh, basically about if you are – it's it's for all ages, but specifically for if you are in retirement age or approaching it mm-hmm. um, or well beyond it and want to come, you know, hang out right. um, and learning, like, things you can do with the second half of your life yeah. after you're done doing whatever you've been doing before. <laughs> you know, if you want to do new hobbies, right. new – uh, volunteer opportunities, different job, um, right. all sorts of stuff. Things you need to know. Yeah. About, yeah, being about your, just your interpersonal relationships and yeah. your finances and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. So, so it's going to be really like, fun. Yeah, it does look like it's going to be really fun. And there's going to be a big band at 430, mm-hmm. the Brave Combo. Yeah, which apparently is um, huge. They're going to, yeah, they're going to rock your world. For so free. I think so, it'll be really good. Yeah. We'll put up the um, flyers for both those events and okay. hope to see you all weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this before we go, because you know what I realized? Because hmm. um, we were sort of on a timeline, is I did not mention any romances that people should read. <laughs> you did throughout. You did some of them. Mm, no, my, that was my two book minimum, but I didn't oh. really talk about any other things that people should read. Oh. So I'm going to make sure that we link. Um, yes. Because, you know, The Bridgertons by Julia Quinn, The Wallflower Series by Lisa Kleypas, The Loyal League by Alyssa Cole, Spindle Cove by Tessa Dare. Those are some of my favorite historicals, and I wanted to be sure that people took a look at them. Yeah, we'll put um, – we could yeah. put a link either to a presentation mm-hmm. or to um, yeah all these different series that you like. We'll do it. The Winston Brothers by Penny Reed. If you like, if you like rom-coms – it's comedy based. I think people Sweet. will love those. So yeah, no, it just occurred to me. I didn't give any things, but yeah. So like, if you're, I just want to throw a couple out in case mm-hmm. there were listeners who were like, I'm never going to go click on the show notes. Yes, true. So there's some yeah. for you to start there with. There you are. Um, but if you are a show note clicker, you're gonna you're gonna get your eyeballs filled. Yes, with goodness. Feast of links. A feast of links. All right, well, happy romantic reading. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's it for this edition of the Book Squad podcast. For more details on any of the books or events mentioned in this episode, visit our website, lplks.org. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe. Please rate or comment. It helps others find the podcast. Our Book Squad librarians are Polly Ken and Kate Gramlich. Our theme music is by Heidi Lynn Gluck. I'm Jim Barnes, and this has been a production of the Lawrence Public Library.